Hey everyone, this is Dr. Marissa Aaron, physical therapist and founder of Mom and Me PT. If you're feeling overwhelmed during pregnancy or as a new mom, and you're tired of scrolling through countless blog articles and Facebook threads with contradicting answers, this podcast is for you. I'll be interviewing top professionals to help women maximize their baby's development, their pregnancy, and their postpartum recovery. All the answers in one place from sources you can trust. Get answers to all of your questions regarding your baby's developmental milestones, sleep training, breastfeeding, nutrition, speech development, and more. For you ladies, we'll be talking about pregnancy, labor and delivery, safely returning to exercise, common areas of pain, urinary leakage, sex, diastasis recti, and you guessed it, more. I hope you enjoy. All right. So I am here with Megan McMillan from Chicago. She is a registered dietitian and a lactation consultant. Is that right, Megan? That's right. Awesome. Okay, so tell us a little bit about kind of how you got there, what your journey's been, been like. Yeah, it's kind of a long journey, so I'll keep it short. <laughs> but um, uh, I became a registered dietitian back in 2013, and that was actually a second career for me. I was previously in the hospitality industry. Um, so I was doing like hotel and restaurant management and, um, I kind of went on my own little personal health journey with nutrition and just exercise and, um, just really, really like it, it just really, I became very passionate about it. And so, um, I went back to school to grad school and became a dietitian. And the whole time I knew that I was eventually going to work with like moms and babies. I just, I had grown up in a family that was, um, I don't, it, it sounds weird saying it, but it was a very pro breastfeeding family. Like my, um, I mean, my mom had a couple of home births. She was a little league leader. So it was just something that like, I was just very aware of from a very young age. Um, and so I kind of knew when I went back to school that that was the route I was going to take. And so um, I ended up working in a NICU for several years. And um, through my experience working in the NICU, I was able to obtain the clinical hours that you need to become an international board certified lactation consultant. And so I eventually sat for that exam. And here we are today. I no longer work in the NICU or in the hospital. Um, I started my own private practice. So that really allows me to kind of, well, number one, obviously set my own schedule and, and have time with my family because I have two little kids, but also to really do the kind of work that I want to do and help moms in a way that I feel is really to them versus having to work for somebody else and kind of follow the guidelines of a hospital. So that's, that's my story. (laughs) That is so amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. I know in the past we've talked about kind of the things that you want breastfeeding mamas to know, right? There are so many things that I think happen that are actually pretty normal and common, but may make some new breastfeeding mamas worried or concerned. Is that right? So tell us about some of those things. Like, here's what you can expect. Yes. And I think that's one of the hardest parts for moms in general. It was for me as well is that you don't, you don't know what to expect, right? It's one of those things where you have no idea what it's going to be like 
until you're actually in that situation. You know, you can read all the books, you can watch all the movies and you can talk to your doctor and you can talk to friends and family, but until it's actually happening to you, you know, until you're the one with the baby, um, it, it's really, it's really hard to know what's going to happen and what that's going to be like. So there's definitely a wide range of normal too. And I think that's what makes it really tricky sometimes as well, because, you know, babies are babies there's, and, and they can't tell us what's wrong, right? They, they can't really communicate with us. And the way they communicate with us is so different from what we're used to. So it's a really challenging time. Um, but yes, there's definitely some, you know, some things that are, are really quite common and quite normal that I think moms don't really prepare themselves for when it comes to breastfeeding. And one of those things is how often babies feed, especially newborns. So there's what we call cluster feeding. And this is super common, especially in the first eight weeks, really. I mean, and, and so cluster feeding is when babies feed pretty much all the time, like <laughs> all the time. I mean, every hour. So it wow. can be real, yeah, it can be really draining. It, it is really draining. It is exhausting. I won't lie and sugarcoat it, but it's, it, it is something that you can kind of expect um, and not to freak out about and think that it means that you're not producing enough. Mm -hmm. In actuality, it's your baby that is, they're basically putting in the groundwork to set your long-term supply. Um, they're also going through incredible growth spurts in those first eight weeks. Like babies grow at a rate faster than any other human, like at any other age. Um, so they, you know, they're going through big, big growth spurts, like every two weeks. So at two weeks and at four weeks and at six weeks and then at eight weeks. And so they are hungry. Um, so don't be surprised if your baby feeds like way more than every three hours, which is kind of the guideline we give moms. Like, a lot of times moms leave the hospitals or, you know, they leave their doctor's appointments and the, the doctor's like, you know, you should feed them every three hours. I think that's a bare minimum kind of guideline. Like if they're not feeding every three hours, you need to wake them to feed. But in general, they could be feeding what seems like every hour. Um, and that is pretty normal. That's such a good point. So at, at that age, those first eight weeks, are you kind of just recommending that you follow baby's cues? Um, and you know, offer it whenever you think they might be hungry, and if they take it, awesome. Like that—that's the way you're kind of choosing when to feed. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely recommend following baby's lead. Like if they, if they seem to want to feed, and you you put them to breast, and then they seem satisfied, then you you figured out why they were crying. <laughs> so, you know, and, and I will say that there are some instances where it, it could be, there could be a breastfeeding issue. You know, there could be a supply issue, but that's pretty rare. Um, you know, that would be if you're, if you are feeding frequently and baby does not seem satisfied with each feed. So what's normal is if you feed them every hour and then they kind of fall asleep and they're calm, but then like an hour later, they seem hungry. That's pretty normal. If you're feeding them every hour and they're screaming or fussing or not falling asleep at the breast, that's that's a sign that maybe there is something going on. But um, but yeah, in general, I definitely recommend following baby's lead. And that can their I guess preferences even within those eight weeks can really change, right? So a lot of times I see comments and questions like, "My baby was feeding every three hours, and now it seems like they're hungry every two hours. Is something mm -hmm. wrong?" So 
can those increments can change kind of between the weeks and that is also normal definitely yep and you might and you'll see it pick up again later so you'll find you know i have moms who come to me at nine months and they're like my baby is feeding like a newborn again you know <laughs> what's going on what does this mean and and again, sometimes it could be an indication of an issue, but more often than not, it's not. A lot of times it's, um, it's growth spurts again. Um, it could be that your baby is teething. So sometimes when babies are teething, they want to nurse more frequently. Sometimes when they're teething, they don't want to nurse at all. Um, so, you know, it's, it is tricky because again, babies can't really communicate with us. And so I think a lot of times what ends up happening is moms we think the worst usually, you know, and we, we like internalize a lot too. Like something's got to be wrong right. when in actuality, there probably isn't anything wrong. It's just different. You know, like you said, something's changed. Um, so those feeding increments can absolutely change throughout the whole breastfeeding journey. Okay. Okay. Got it. That is so interesting. Um, so is there, it is. <laughs> is there anything else you find that, um, it's actually pretty common, but tends to freak moms out when it happens. Yes. So one of the other big ones is gas, um, gassiness in your baby. And, and again, I will say, especially with newborns. So those first eight weeks, it's very common. Um, I, I always say that babies are like old men. <laughs> um, they're very, they're like, you know, not ashamed to just pass gas whenever and wherever. Um, but, but they are, they're really gassy. And that's very normal. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean there's something wrong or that, you know, something you're eating is causing them to be gassy. Um, you know, it, it, it can be difficult sometimes to like see if your baby's really like in pain or super uncomfortable, then that's a time where you may want, you know, you might want to talk to your doctor or, or, or seek out some help. But in general, if they're just kind of passing gas a lot or they seem a little grunty, that's pretty common. Um, you know, their digestive systems are still really immature and they, they've been, they've been in, you know, in your womb for nine months in the uterus for nine months, and they've been living off of amniotic fluid and that's what they eat for nine months. So now you take them out of that environment and you're introducing a new food to them. Breast milk is a new food to them at this point. And so there's definitely going to be like kind of an adjustment period where they, where they have to figure out what's going on, what is this new food, and how do I digest it? So, so there's some of that happening. Um, so, so gassiness is another one that I do think a lot of times, uh, you know, it really concerns parents, but the majority of time it's pretty normal and it does usually get better around that six to eight week mark. That makes so. so much sense. I never really thought about it, the fact that it is a totally new thing that you're introducing to their body. That's right, right. Um, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about, um, <clears throat> you mentioned kind of how do you know if you need to start changing your diet? And you mm -hmm. kind of mentioned if your baby seems like they're in a lot of pain. Talk a little bit more about what that looks like, if, what, um, what it might look like if mom does need to change something in her diet or should try that, I guess. Yeah. So the biggest, like the most obvious, biggest kind of red flag thing that, that would happen is blood in the baby's stool. Now it's not very common. Um, but that's like a, like the number one thing, if you happen to see blood in baby's stool, obviously reach out to your pediatrician. Um, and they may or may not refer you to a specialist, like a GI specialist, but, but most likely what they're going to do, they'll test the stool for blood, for blood um, if it's not obvious. 
Um, and then more than likely the diagnosis will be a milk protein intolerance. How is milk protein intolerance? And so that's the number one sign that you probably will need to take dairy out of your diet. Um, but it's not always that obvious. Um, you know, a lot of times gassiness is the big is the big reason why moms will either come to me or they start doing research on the internet. You know, like well, or, or they just make the assumption because they've heard it so much now that dairy. Um, it, it most likely could be dairy, but a lot of other moms think it's you know things like uh, the gassy vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower or onions. Um, they always think it's something they're eating, and and I will tell you. In my personal and professional experience, more often than not, it is not something you're eating. Um, it could, again, just be baby's natural gassiness. Um, you know, it, or it could, be, it could be a lot of other things too. So, you know, if baby is persistently unhappy, um, like a colicky baby, you know, really where they are, they are crying all the time and nothing seems to make them happy. Um, if they really seem like they're in pain, um, you know, if their abdomen is almost like distended, um, or if they are having difficulty with bowel movements, because now an exclusively breastfed baby should not be having difficulty with bowel movements. Their poop is very loose, and so it, it, they should not be straining. Um, if they have pretty significant eczema, that's another symptom um, where it could be something that's happening with mom's diet that baby's not agreeing to. Um, but again, you know, I, what I usually will suggest is reaching out to either a lactation consultant or a dietitian or somebody like myself who's both. <laughs> um, because it, it, a lot of times some of these symptoms are A, either normal or B, are actually a breastfeeding issue. Um, and not necessarily something related to mom's diet. So again, going back to gassiness, because I think that's pretty usually the most common reason why moms would eliminate something from their diet. Gassiness, again, could be totally normal based on baby's age, or if mom and baby are not latched correctly, um, or if they're um, bottle feeding and they're not doing a paste method with bottle feeding, or if mom has an oversupply, or if mom has like a really powerful um, milk letdown, all of those things can cause babies to take in a air when they're feeding, and that can cause excessive gas. So that's something that can be fixed with like different positioning or just different techniques with bottle feeding, um, and mom never has to take anything out of her diet. So again, I usually do recommend before starting on that journey, because it can lead you down to a big rabbit hole um, where, well, you know, moms will think, oh, well, just maybe it's dairy and I'll take dairy out. And then a week later, the baby is still just as fussy, you know, and then they're like, well, maybe it's, maybe it's onions. And so they stop eating onions. And then, you know, again, nothing's changing. And, and by the time they get to me, sometimes they've already taken like eight foods out of their diet and they're like, I don't know what to eat. Oh my God. And then we kind of go through and I'm like, well, I don't think you actually need to do any of that. So yeah, it can be really tricky. Yeah. Get it checked. Yeah. Before. So definitely talk to a professional first before you, before you um, engage in that journey. Okay. And just out of curiosity, if moms are eliminating foods out of their diet and it's not um, 100% necessary, are mm -hmm. there any negative effects or drawbacks to doing that rather than just like mom being unhappy? Could, could baby be losing out on different nutrients or things like that if you really do start eliminating kind of frantically? 
So more than likely what will happen is mom is losing out on nutrients versus baby because the way our bodies are designed biologically, the baby will pretty much get everything they need and they will take it from mom. Um, and so that's what happens is a lot of times moms end up with nutrient deficiencies, um, versus the baby. Okay. So yes. Gotcha. Thank you. Sure. Um, so let's see, we've talked about kind of some normal things. We've talked about some things that might signal mom should seek out a little bit of help. Are there any other of those things, um, signs that someone should reach out to someone like you? Definitely. Definitely. And the first thing I'll say, let me just preface by saying, I, I think any time a breastfeeding mom has concerns, whether they seem silly or minuscule or not, she should reach out because the, the, the number one reason why women stop breastfeeding is perceived low milk supply. And so perceived meaning they think that their milk, they don't have enough milk to feed their baby. And again, more often than not, that's not the case. Um, they are going on you know, they're looking at things or signs or symptoms that don't necessarily mean they have a, a low milk supply. And so I, I always encourage moms, anytime you think that there's an issue or any question that you have, definitely reach out because it could be such a simple solution or it could be just the all, mom just needs a little reassurance to somebody to tell her, you're doing great. Everything's fine. This is all normal. So, you know, that's, I personally think like that peace of mind is kind of priceless. Um, so I'll, I'll just start by that. I love <laughs> but that. yes, the, yeah, yeah. There's definitely some big things though that I would strongly encourage moms to reach out to a lactation consultant for. Pain is the, pain is the obvious one. If mom is having any pain with breastfeeding, pain with breastfeeding is not normal. Um, in the beginning, when baby's first born and you get the first latch, and probably in those first two weeks, you might have some uncomfortable uncomfortableness, you might have a little bit of sensitivity or irritation, you might feel like it might feel like a little bit of pulling, um, but you should not have like toe curling or any type of pain that makes you hesitant to breastfeed. Even with pumping too, pumping should not be painful. So if you're experiencing any real pain, um, even if you've been told that the latch looks fine, if it doesn't feel fine, it's not fine. So that's a big thing. You know, mom's always like, well, the, they told me the latch was fine, but she's like in tears. I'm like, well, that's, then it's not fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So definitely if you're having any sort of pain, um, please reach out to a lactation consultant. Again, whether that's with breastfeeding or pumping, because um, pumping should not hurt either. Um, Poor weight gain, if your baby is not gaining good weight and you are exclusively breastfeeding or you want to exclusively breastfeed, definitely reach out to a lactation consultant um, so that they can help you come up with a plan that supports breastfeeding still, but also obviously make sure that your baby is, is healthy. Right. Um, you know, there's this big misconception with lactation consultants that we are anti-formula and that is not true at all. You know, formula is necessary in a lot of cases. And in a, I've seen it where formula has actually saved a breastfeeding relationship because, you know, you can use formula almost as another tool to get a baby who maybe is latching well back onto the breast. Um, you know, if a baby is really, especially a newborn is really sleepy or they have jaundice or they are just kind of small for their age, sometimes that formula will perk them up a little bit. You put a little bit of weight on them with formula, um, and then you can get them to latch better. And so then you can start breastfeeding. I, you know, every circumstance is different, but I, you know, there's definitely 
there is a time and place for formula. And so I don't want people to think that lactation consultants are anti-formula. That's not true, but that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of went on a tangent there, but my, my point was that, yeah, my point was with weight gain. So anytime baby is not gaining well, definitely reach out to a lactation consultant. So like I said, they can help you come up with a plan. Um, uh, again, if your baby is not having, um, wet or dirty diapers, especially in this, the newborn phase, like these first two weeks, that's a sign that, you know, possibly they're not getting enough milk. Um, so you would want to reach out to a lactation consultant for that as well. Um, those are the big ones. Um, okay. I have a question for you about, anytime you, oh, I have a question no, for you about shields. Um, okay. So that's a really common one. I see a lot of questions about like on the Facebook groups and things like that. Typically moms are having some sort of pain or um, bleeding or, you know, all of that fun stuff. And everyone is recommending nipple shields. What is your thought process on that? So nipple shields are um, a tool, again, like they're a, a tool that can help. Um, I think they are kind of over-prescribed. I mean, they're not prescribed, but, you know, over-recommended. Um, I think the key really is to figure out what's going on. Like, what is, why, why does mom have nipple pain or nipple damage? You know, she shouldn't have that. If there's an issue there, then that needs to be corrected. Mm -hmm. um, nipple shields can be helpful in a short-term period, but that's kind of the problem is that they don't end up being a short-term solution because you never actually work on latching directly to the breast and the baby becomes healed and mom um, feels comfortable with the shield and it seems frustrating to try them to get baby to direct latch direct um, to latch directly and so what I see is a lot of times it becomes a very long-term solution and um, that moms are like how do I get rid of this thing <laughs> so so I, I do think that they serve again they serve a purpose they, they can be helpful in some circumstances but I, I think that they we need to be really careful about why we're recommending them and trying to actually get at the root of the problem um first so yeah, yeah. that's a really good point yeah so tell me are there any other tools you can pass along to mamas um you mentioned kind of that confidence being one of the biggest pieces with breastfeeding any other tools yeah. to help them with that feel confident with breastfeeding when it's something that for the most part, they have never done before. It's hard. It really is. Um, you know, the only, the, the, the big thing I trust your body, um, and trust your baby too, you know, and again, if you, so I don't want to, I don't want to come off as insensitive when I say like, this is what you are made to do. Like this is, this is what breasts are for, right? This is how a mom and baby are supposed to feed. Um, but biologically, that is true. Um, and yes, there's always circumstances where that's not possible or a mom, a mom doesn't choose to breastfeed and that's totally fine. But, you know, if you want to breastfeed, um, I think you need to come at it with that mentality that this, this is normal. This is possible. This is what my body's supposed to do. Um, and it just takes time to figure each other out. You know, you're, this is a new situation for not only you, for, but for baby. And so 
Um, I think if you just kind of trust each other, um, trust yourself and trust the baby to know what they need. Um, you know, if they're crying and you put them on the breast and they're happy, <laughs> then, then, then that's what they want. So I think, um, I think that's a big thing too, is just really kind of figuring out your baby and, and paying attention to their cues um, and understanding that more than likely whenever they're crying, breastfeeding will help. Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things where you just have to, um, you just, again, you just have to kind of understand that there's not really a normal um, with babies. And so you kind of can expect the unexpected, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that helps. It's, it's, a, it's a tricky thing to define how to make somebody feel confident. I think it's a really huge point because a lot of times I think when moms feel unsure, right, they go to those Facebook groups, they go to their friends, and then it becomes a kind of situation where they're comparing mm -hmm. their baby and their baby's preferences and their own preferences to other people. Right. Whereas, you know, and I think that can be a source of anxiety sometimes when you're doing something different than someone else. Um, so I think that's a really huge point is to really focus on you and your baby and what works for you guys. And if it's working, then it's perfect. Exactly. Yes. No, that's a great point. Yeah. There, cause there is so much of that like comparison game out there and it's true. What works for one mom and baby or one family is not going to work for everybody else. And that's fine. We don't all have to be but it does be a dangerous game of like, oh, well, why, you know, why am I doing it this way? Or why does my baby not sleep through the night? Or, you know, like, why is my baby feeding every, every hour and theirs goes five hours? Or, you know, how come, how come they can pump five, five ounce bottles and I pump two ounce bottles, you know? So there, there is definitely that whole kind of comparison game that, that we do. And, and again, I think that goes back to if you are having any concerns or questions, reach out to a lactation professional who can kind of help you and say like, no, this is, you're doing great. Or, or they might say, you know, Hey, there might be an issue here. Let's come up with a plan to fix it. You know? So I, I think that, that what you mentioned in terms of like where you're looking for help or where you're looking for guidance can be really tricky. Yeah. I love that. And I always say that about physical therapy as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, reach out to somebody who, has that background and that understanding to look at you specifically and your baby in that specific situation and really individualize kind of a plan um, together rather than going to friends or Facebook mm -hmm. and, and playing that comparison game where you may not be getting information or recommendations that are accurate for your situation, right? I feel strongly about exactly. That. Yeah. Yes. No, totally agree. Yeah. Don't go to Google and yeah, go, go to somebody who can really actually help you, you know, like you said, because what, and, and that's what comes up with, with breastfeeding as well as, you know, I mean, mom's medical history will influence things like that. The, your, the way you gave birth can influence possibly things that are happening. You know, your work schedule is different from another mom's work schedule. So there's so many there's so much that goes into, you know, an assessment, like a professional assessment, like you would do with your clients as well, that you're not going to get from a mom's group on Facebook or from Google or, or you know, talk to your neighbor even, you know, so it is really important to make sure that you're going like directly to the source where you can really 
get good help for you. Right. I yeah. love that. So, <laughs> I don't know if we've already touched on this one, but I know that we've um, spoken about kind of all of these myths that are out there. Um, so we may have touched on a few, but are there any other myths that you myths that you can help debunk for us? <laughs> sure. Yes. So um, one of them is, well, <laughs> this is an interesting one. This is kind of one of my pet peeves and it's not necessarily about breastfeeding specifically, but um, we, we kind of promote weight loss to moms as a benefit of breastfeeding. And I will tell you that that does not happen. A lot of the times <laughs> there are plenty of breastfeeding women who do not lose weight. Um, and so I, I think that's kind of a myth of breastfeeding that I, I kind of cringe when I hear people saying, well, that's one of the reasons why I decided to breastfeed. Um, it can be an added bonus, but I personally don't think it should be a reason why you choose to breastfeed. And because it doesn't always happen that way. Um, everybody's body is different. And um, I just get, I, I hate seeing moms get frustrated that it's not happening for them. So that's, that's one um, myth is that you will lose weight uh, while breastfeeding. Um, really good one. And is there is kind of a drawback if you're trying to lose weight that can affect your ability to breastfeed. Is that true? Um, it can if you're being very extreme. If you're trying to lose weight in like a normal, healthy manner, you most likely, your supply will be fine. Okay. Um, you know, you can cut a little bit of calories or just change what you're eating in terms of, you know, eating more fresh whole foods versus processed and sweets and things like that. Um, and add in a little bit of exercise and you'll be fine. You, you shouldn't have to worry about your supply in those cases. If you're doing something really drastic, Definitely, it could affect your supply. But um, in general, like normal, average, healthy weight loss is fine. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, other myths, things that come up a lot, um, that you can overfeed your baby. You can't overfeed a breastfed baby, even if they're feeding every hour. <laughs> your, your, your babies know when they're full, and they will tell you, and they know when they're hungry, and they will tell you. Um, so you can't overfeed a baby at the breast. Um, I hear this a lot when babies are spitting up. Parents worry that they're, you know, the baby's getting too much milk. Um, not, that's not what's happening. Now with bottle feeding that can occur um, because bottles are designed differently than breasts and, and somebody else is in control of the bottle, right? You know, the baby's in control of the breast and, and an adult is in control with the bottle. So that can happen with bottle feeding, but not with breastfeeding. They're not gonna overfeed at the breast. Um, let's see, other myths. I'm trying to think. I know there's tons of them out there. Um, uh, oh, well, nursing to sleep, you know, is often, moms are often told it's a bad habit to get into, like you should not breastfeed your baby to sleep or breastfeed them when they're, you know, napping. Um, that's just not true. It's not a bad habit. You really can't create bad habits or like spoil babies in that way. Um, you know, you might choose to not do that because you don't want to, and that's perfectly fine. But for those moms who do do that, it's not, it's just the way you put your baby to sleep. You know, just like some moms rock them or some moms read a story or some moms give them a bottle. Um, but, but breastfeeding to sleep is not creating a bad habit. Oh, I like that one. I think that creates a lot of guilt sometimes when mm -hmm. that's what you and your baby are doing and you're hearing those things that you're not supposed to be doing that. That's really tough. So that's a really good point to make. Yeah. 
And then I think the, the other one I would just mention is kind of what we've already talked about in terms of um, that certain foods will make your baby gassy. Um, you know, the, the, again, the gassy vegetables we hear a lot or that there's certain foods that moms shouldn't eat when they're breastfeeding. And that's just not true. You can eat anything when you're breastfeeding. You really, you can, um, you know, it's, it's less restrictive than when you're pregnant, you know, when you're pregnant, they tell you not to eat, um, you know, sushi or raw fish. They tell you not to eat undercooked eggs or lunch meat and all of these things. Um, you know, which could be a whole nother topic of conversation about whether or not that's actually necessary. But the point, the point is, is that when you are now, when the baby's breastfeeding, all of that goes away. You know, you can drink coffee, you can have a glass of wine if you want to, you know, you can eat whatever you want. So that's, that is another myth that there's certain things that you should or shouldn't eat when you're breastfeeding and um, that certain foods will cause your baby to be gassy. That's just not, that's not true like as a blanket statement across the board. It could be happening on an individual basis mm -hmm. where your baby does seem sensitive to something, but just in a general recommendation, you can eat whatever you want. Can we touch really quickly on that alcohol piece of things? Mm. What, what is your opinion on if and how much a mom can drink while she's breastfeeding? Sure, so what you know is that alcohol so alcohol does not get stored in breast milk. It doesn't like build up and accumulate in breast milk based on what you're drinking. Um, it's filtered just like your blood is filtered. So um, in general, the recommendation is that you can have a drink or two um, and still breastfeed. Um, some people recommend waiting a certain amount of time before doing it, and that's perfectly fine if that's what you're comfortable doing. Um, there's others who will say that it's actually better to breastfeed while you are drinking because then it, you know, because it takes a while for the, the alcohol to get into your system. Um, but, you know, in general, it is okay to have a couple of drinks and still breastfeed. You don't need to pump and dump. Um, the, the amount of alcohol that gets transferred to the baby is so minuscule. I mean, it's just, it's almost non-existent. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it is safe. As long as mom is not intoxicated, you know, I mean, really drunk, like if she's safe enough, comfortable enough to actually hold her baby, carry her baby, if she would drive a car safely, um, then, then, the, then the amount of alcohol that's actually in her blood and that would get into her milk and then get into baby system is so minute that, it's, that it is technically considered safe. Um, now again, every mom has to do what they're comfortable with. You know, some moms are like, oh, I would absolutely not do that. And that's perfectly fine. That's your choice. Um, but I don't, moms don't need to pump and dump. Um, I also don't recommend there's those, um, there's strips that you can buy to test your, your milk to see if it has alcohol in it. It's like a little test strip. Don't recommend those. They get so many false positives on them. Um, I think it's kind of, honestly, it's just like a marketing ploy. It's another thing to get moms to spend money on. That's, not really necessary. Um, so in general, I usually tell women if you are safe enough to talk to nurse. So awesome. That's good news, yeah. Sam, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And again, that doesn't mean you have to, you know, that's I, I hear that sometimes they're like, well, I don't want to drink. Like I'm not safe comfortable doing that. And that's perfectly fine. You don't have that's not what my intention is by saying that. Of course. Um, if you choose to have a drink or two, it's okay to it's okay to feed your baby. 
Awesome. This is yes. such good stuff. I feel like we do need to do this again because there's so many <laughs> topics we can go on about. That's true. But, uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you, is that okay? And, and what's the best way to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they can email me. Um, they can go to the website and contact me through um, my contact form there. The website, my website's uh, www.mamaandsweetpeanutrition.com. Um, I, I don't know if you, it'll put that in the show notes. Probably yeah. or the, okay. And then they can, or they can email direct, email me directly at Megan at mamaandsweetpeanutrition.com. Um, I'm also on social media. They can come there and message me there. Although I might then direct them to email me <laughs> just because it's really hard to answer um, a lot of messages on social media. But on Instagram, I'm at the lactation dietitian. Um, and that's, that's mostly where I'm. I have a Facebook page, but honestly, it's not very active. I'm mostly on Instagram. So awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for doing this with me. Thank you, Marissa. I appreciate it. This is always fun. It's, um, I could go on for hours. <laughs> so yes, I tend to, I tend, it's something I'm passionate about. So I like talking about it and I, I feel pretty strongly about it. So, um, I, you know, I, I was able to keep it concise. <laughs> we all appreciate your, your knowledge and expertise. So thank you so much. Thank you, Marissa. Thanks for listening in to another episode of Mom and Me Podcast. Make sure to check out the show notes for more information on our guest and any links that were mentioned. Also, find me on Facebook or Instagram at Mom and Me PT and please reach out with any questions.